Hello and welcome to Self-Care Repair, a 15-minute podcast on mental well-being for the mind. My name is Harris Turner, and I'm here to put some insights on common myths surrounding well-being practices and to show you the real side of these to these practices that even you can pick up and try. Some of these may work for you, some may not. It all depends on your state of mind. Now let's begin with one of my favorite to talk about subjects, meditation. Now, when you think of meditation, what do you think of? Do you think of Buddhas chanting in a dim, candlelit room? What about hipsters trying to free their minds? Meditation, from what I've seen, seems to have this weird taboo around it, especially when I tell people that I do so in my free time. I think a lot of people think that meditation comes from... uh, its portrayal in movies and TV and much more as this thing that isn't normal to do. Well, as someone who has meditated for about three years now, I can tell you how much that that mindset is wrong. In my own personal opinion, meditation isn't just deep breathing and visualization. Well, not all, to say the least. Nor do you have to change a lot of your lifestyle to do it. Think of it less like a chore on your to-do list and more of a workout for your mind. It's a habit you integrate into your daily life. I personally think that the first step in good mental health and self-care is to learn how to meditate. Why? Well, it's like working out. It's a good habit to do in its purest form. It's meant to keep the mind healthy and in working order. Like in working out though, it takes time. Before we get any further, I want to pause here and tell you why I'm talking about all this nonsense to you, the listener, in the first place. And why meditation is so important to me. You see, in 2017, your host, Harris, was bashful, short-tempered, and overall loss of what he wanted to do out of life. Now, that may just seem like the usual teenage angst, but for me, it was different. I was just a such a frustrating time for me. I feel like nobody wanted to talk to me and all of my interactions with you, my friends felt just off. I really didn't know what I was doing wrong. And, you know, neither did anybody else. It's funny because my parents at the time bought me a punching bag on one of my birthdays. See, like, to see if I could get the stress out, but it was never really interesting to me, and it never really helped that much either. 
and you know video games as much as they are part of my life they didn't really help either for the most part they were just another way to get angry or distracted for a bit it wasn't exactly the worst year of my life but they sure were the weirdest years of my life maybe it was teenage x maybe it was not maybe it was a mix of things but one thing still stands feeling being lost. I'm sure most people listening right now have at one time or another felt the same way as I did or are feeling it right now. And it just happened that a little startup app called Headspace came to my interest during mid-2018. At first I was skeptical as I'd seen other ads for similar products and thought nothing of it. Probably had the same mindset as most people do um, from the media that I watched. However, Headspace spoke to me for some reason. I don't know what it was, but it was probably the first time I felt like my mind was relaxed. Everything kind of stopped. It was something that impacted me greatly and still impacts me today. Now, here I am today with about 2,431 hours of pure meditation. That is around 101 days. So what changed? Well, for starters, I'm much happier. I anger way less than I used to. And do I still get angry? Well, of course. It's a part of life. Nobody can be calm and happy all the time. But I get angry way, way less. Another thing is that I've been more optimistic about life. I used to be a huge pessimistic person. And now I'm a bit more optimistic and introspective about how the world works. Life to me is no longer black and white, as some people do see it. And I can see both sides of the same coin. Most importantly, I became more empathetic with friends and family and even strangers. The quality of life overall has improved from three years ago. And how amazing is that? Now, obviously, not all of the success I've faced has been through meditation. That's never the case. I'm no therapist, brain scientist, or professional. I, Harris Turner, I'm just simply someone who meditates, I guess you could say, casually. Of course, meditation isn't some secret formula that will make you at peace with yourself in one day. It's, again, I, like I said, it's like working out. It takes time to see the actual result. And I feel like that's what puts people off. It takes effort. I see a lot of people say that they can't sit still or it wasn't what they expected or they get bored doing nothing and that's okay meditation doesn't expect you to come back every day or to like you aren't obligated to do so you know instead meditation is an ongoing journey that you can come back at any time there's no real end goal besides the ones you really pick especially with apps and stuff um and it's all about personal goals 
what meditation provides isn't an order, but the freedom to your day. Now, that may sound bad on paper, but when was the last time you've done absolutely nothing? And I mean nothing. Just think about that. The, the rise of meditation is not because people wanted to become more spiritual or with themselves. But for the most part, it's because it became more accessible. More than ever, I see meditation apps both paid and free being advertised online as helpful and beneficial to the brain. These apps, in my opinion, have high quality for the most part and help ease people into meditation. Their large reach to the masses has been one of huge success and growth. The app I use, Headspace, says that they have over 2 million people who use it daily, and they have gained over $93 million over the process. Like it or hate it, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not one of the biggest growing markets, and there's a reason behind it. People value free time. I'm sure everybody here probably knows that, or at least to a certain extent. Our world is getting busier and busier, for most people, and there's less time to spend by yourself. It's not just that. Recent studies have stated that there have been mo more cases in not just depression, but anxiety in both Canada and the world. These apps have come at the right place at the right time of humanity's history, especially during these recent events where things have been more stressful than ever. However, meditation isn't all rainbows and sunshine. Firstly, these apps that I've mentioned aren't free, or are at least the, the ones that are free aren't the highest of quality. And they might, and they're quite pricey for if you aren't fully invested into meditation. Headspace prices at twelve ninety nine per, I think, week or month. While its competitor, Calm, while providing seven days free, it's at a hefty price, around 60 bucks annually. It's no wonder why these apps rack in so much money. These, of course, these apps are very taxing on your wallet. Um, another major complaint is that these apps simplify meditation to a T. Many people who have meditated for a long time fear that they are marketing something that should be free, and that is crutching meditation as a whole. However, I do suggest doing your own research for each app and video out there. They provide their own benefits and disadvantages that you will have to look into yourself. Both big apps Calm and Headspace provide a decent amount of free content to start with that you can try for yourself. If you don't like it, if you don't like what you see, you don't need to use it. Finding your own voice is key to approaching meditation. Again, there is a reason why the, these are high-priced. They provide high quality. These apps are constantly adding new features and expansions to provide the highest quality they can provide.
If you haven't been put off by the heavy prices or the simplified experience, you might be asking yourself, well, what now? Where to next? Well, that's up to you to decide. I'm not forcing you to do meditation, but simply to consider it. Try it out, even. If you don't like it, then so what? It's not like it's doing so much harm to yourself. You don't try it. After all, both apps I suggested earlier have free trials that you can use to see if you can enjoy their services. Overall, you don't even need to have apps to meditate. There's plenty online that are free that you can probably just watch on your own. But bear in mind that some of these may be lower in quality. Overall, the future of meditation isn't going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, it's probably involved. More and more people will probably get involved into this new headspace, I guess. been the 50-minute podcast self-care repair with your host iris turner where i cover self-care to the best of my abilities i think in this day and age we need some good self-care to live a happy and healthy life now that sounds a bit cheesy i know but i think it's true my goals for these podcasts isn't to command you or give you a solution to all your problems it's to think about how you can handle your own self-care. Even if you think you have good self-care routines, you can still ask yourself, how can I improve this? Now, enough talk from me. Until next time, where I will be talking about sleep. Until then.